Hey guys, thanks for joining us here on Running in Life, the podcast. Um, I'm your host, Tina Griggs, and we have been looking at John chapter 2. We've been looking for um, what we see about the nature of God and His commands in the scriptures. And we're in John chapter 2, verse 13, trying to keep it kind of short, like 10-15 minutes. So hopefully we'll try to stay on track with that. Um, So starting in verse 13, uh, out of the NIRV, it says it was almost time for the Jewish Passover feast. So Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple court, he found people settle, uh, sorry, selling cattle, <laughs> selling cattle and sheep and doves. There were others sitting at the tables exchanging money. So Jesus made a whip out of ropes. He chased out all the sheep and cattle from the temple yard, courtyard. He scattered the coins of the people who were exchanging money and he turned over their tables. He told those who were selling doves, get these, uh, get these out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a market. His disciples remembered what had been written. It says, my great love for your house will destroy me, or my zeal, the zeal for your house consumes me, in some other translations. Verse 18, then the Jewish leaders asked him, what sign can you show us to prove your authority to do this? Jesus answered them, when you destroy this temple, I will raise it again in three days. They replied, it has taken 46 years to build this temple. Are you going to raise it up in three days? But the temple Jesus had spoken about was his body. His disciples later remembered what he had said after um, he had been raised from the dead. Then they believed the scripture. They also believed the words that Jesus had spoken. Meanwhile, um, he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast. Many people saw the signs he was doing and they believed in his name. But Jesus did not fully trust them. He knew what people were like. He didn't need anyone to tell him what people were like. He already knew why people do what they do. So it's a great couple of verses there about the nature of Jesus. We see a lot about the nature of Jesus um, in this passage. And sometimes in scripture, you'll see a lot about Jesus. And then other passages are more about the Father. And then other passages are more about the Holy Spirit. But all of them are the Lord, right? Um, our Trinitarian God, who is three in one. Um, So what we see um, in verse 13 is that it was almost time for the Jewish Passover feast, so Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And that seems like a really kind of innocuous verse, like you could skip over it real quick, but it does reveal the nature of Jesus. In Deuteronomy 16, um, 16, 16, there are a couple of feasts that are required for all Um, Jewish males to go up to Jerusalem. And one of them was the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Now, this may not be really easy for us to understand because we're not Jewish, but part of their religious tradition set out for them in the Old Testament um, by the Lord um, was that they had to appear before him um, certain times of year. So they had to go up at the Feast of Unleavened Bread and the Feast of Tabernacles, and the Feast of Weeks. So let me read you that verse. Um, In Deuteronomy 16, 16, it says, Three times a year all your men must appear before the Lord your God at the place he will choose, at the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of Weeks, and the Feast of Tabernacles. So no one should appear before the Lord empty-handed. So um, this is like Jesus is fulfilling a scripture, actually, in verse 13. He's going up for the Jewish Passover feast. Now, the way things worked is there were a couple of feasts in the Old Testament that were celebrated and actually still are celebrated to this day by Orthodox Jews. And one is the Feast of Passover, and one is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Now, 
Passover would be happen first, and then after that, there would be seven days of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. So during the Feast of Unleavened Bread, all Jewish males had to go before the Lord and appear. It eventually would be Jerusalem, where the temple was. So when it says that he is going up to Jerusalem for the Passover feast, this is what it's talking about. Because at some point in time in their history, that kind of like, um, after the exile actually, it kind of all got lumped together, like it got smushed together in the way they think, into kind of one uh, big long series of, of a feast, like the first day is Passover and then the rest is unleavened bread. So they kind of celebrated all as as one thing, even though there were two distinct things going on. And so Jesus um, saying all of that to say this, that Jesus is obedient to God. Jesus is obedient to God the Father. He does what the Father tells him to do. Um, and that obedience drives the major part of his character. You can see him in scriptures obeying what the Father has commanded over and over and over again. Because as we know in John chapter 1, 29, that he is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, which in order to be the Lamb that takes away the sins of the world, you yourself have to be sinless, which means you have to be obedient to the Lord. And you and I can't get there on our own. We need a Lamb. We need someone Jesus, in this case, we need someone to be the sacrifice for us because we cannot get there through our own goodness. So we need that sacrifice to cleanse us from our sins. And Jesus obeying God is a big deal because that's how we know that he is one of the ways that we know that he is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And he was very zealous for his father, zealous for the holiness of God. And you see that in verse 15 when he makes a whip out of ropes and chases all the people out of the temple who had turned it into a marketplace because it's not supposed to be a marketplace. It's not supposed to be a place where you make money. It's supposed to be a place where you find the Lord. And so, you know, zealousness, zeal for his house had consumed him. And so he threw out all of the people who were turning it into a den of thieves, some translations say. So we see that that, that zealousness for his holiness is a part of who he is as well. Um, in verse 19, we see that Jesus is prophetic, right? He says, when you destroy this temple, I will raise it again in three days. And everybody around him was a little bit confused because they were standing in this uh, engineering marvel of the temple of Jerusalem of that day. And so they were confused. Like, you're, it took 46 years to build this, and you're going to you know, rebuild it in three days. But he was talking about his resurrection. And after he had been raised from the dead, his disciples looked back and went, ah, that's what he was talking about. He was talking about being raised from the dead. He wasn't talking about the temple. So what we see is that Jesus has the ability to know what his future is, to know what the future is, and to predict it, to prophesy, speak into existence, his future. That's part of his nature, um, is to be prophetic. What we also see um, in this is that um, he was doing many signs and wonders. Like they had asked him for a sign, and so he said, destroy this temple and I'll raise it again in three days, saying that my resurrection from the dead will be the sign that you're looking for. And we also see in verse um, 23 that he was doing signs while he was there. So um, I think sometimes we take, without meaning to necessarily, we tend to take the, the miraculous out of who God is, out of who Jesus is. And he was very miraculous. Like you... If you were sitting there that day at his feet, listening to his teaching, what you would find is that some of his teaching is like, like almost ridiculously practical, you know, 
leave your gift at the altar and go apologize for being a jerk. Like ridiculous, just like super practical. You know, you're acting like a two-year-old, stop, go apologize. And then sometimes when you would be with him, you would see that he would do these amazing things like turning water into wine. Just amazing, miraculous things. And you know, it's funny about that story about the wedding at Cana, and I forgot to say this the other day when I was doing the podcast, is that nobody knew what had happened. Like, they knew that there was wine, it was the best tasting wine, no one knew what happened except the servants. The servants knew what happened because they did what they were told. So obedience actually has great benefits. But, you know, the other thing that's really true about Jesus' character is that he knows us. Like, he knows us really well. So verse 24 says, But Jesus did not fully trust them. He knew what people were like. He didn't need anyone to tell him what people were like. He already knew why people do what they do. So in some ways, this makes me feel bad for Jesus, honestly. Um, That he, like, we're just so frail and so human sometimes, and we make such bad choices. I mean, me in particular. Maybe not you, but I know that I sometimes make bad choices. But I also know that Jesus knows me completely. Like, there's never really any reason to hide from him. One, he already knew I needed a Savior, so it's not like this is news to him. And two, like, he's God, so I don't know exactly how much hiding I think I'm going to get away with. Right? You know, because he knows what's in my heart. He knows what's in my soul. He knows why I do what I do. Quite frankly, sometimes he knows why I do what I do, and I don't. So I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life where I've been like, I have no idea why I just did that. Okay, God, I don't know what's going on with me, but um, can you tell me what's going on with me? I have no idea why I keep doing the things that I'm doing. So can you clue me in to myself? Because I don't really know me very well. But Jesus does, right? He knows me. He knows that I and frail and human and don't always make the best choices. And he knows why I do that. And so if you're trying to figure out like what's going on in your world, like why you're making some of the decisions you're making, he knows. And he's willing to help you like navigate through that, you know, because he knows why you do what you do, even when you don't. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time.